No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch-Up, Sports Talk via Chicago Bears recap week nine. The Bears have lost three straight. They've lost four of six. And they are one of the worst offensive football teams I've ever seen. And we're going to get right into it. Big Nick the Quick, our guy, of course, the co-host of No Catch-Up, Eli Cabron, Bears Insider, joins us weekly for the Bears recap. What's going on, fellas? Not too, not too much. Three, three points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty look, much. Look, the Bears, the final score was 24-17, but the real final score of the game was 24-3. I, I, don't, I didn't load up any highlights because I couldn't find any. I, I don't have Michael Jordan behind me because I couldn't bring him. I couldn't bring the GOAT. <laughs> for, this, for this type of pod, I, I I couldn't even bring him around the Bears' essence. It was really, really ugly yesterday. Let's start with you, Eli. How did you feel? Look, I, I'll go through a couple of them just just to kind of tee you up real quick. And going into the game, let me let me let me start by saying this: going into the game, we know the offense is struggling. We've seen it multiple weeks in a row, but we just took the Saints to overtime. We showed at least flashes of making a couple plays. We're going into Tennessee. They have one of the worst defenses in the league and the absolute worst defense in the league on third down. They were giving up 67% first downs on third down. That's worse than the league. Bears yesterday, two for 15. For the fifth time in six starts under Nick Foles, the Bears have failed to complete, uh, or they have failed to rush for 65 yards. That's a huge problem. And now we're at eight and 41 games coached by Matt Nagy. 18 of them, the Bears have not scored 20 points. Eli, give me your thoughts uh, during the game right now. How you feeling? So I'll preface my rant by saying the Bears had a really tough week last week. Lots of players were hurt on the offensive line. Lots of COVID-19 issues. Everything going on in the country, the world. All that said... That was the worst offensive performance that they've had under Matt Nagy. And you could tell right from the very beginning that it was going to be a bad day. On that fourth and one, they decide to go for it. And the offensive line gets no leverage. And Montgomery is thrown backwards. And from there, that was the game, in my opinion. The Bears had no chance of scoring when you can't convert that one yard. Those garbage time points in the end don't count in my book. The Bears were dominated they wasted another really good defensive effort, I thought, but the offense just keeps getting worse every week. Uh, like there was just no the the no rhythm in the first half. The only points they scored were when the Titans went to prevent. It was just awful all the way around. And and I'll talk about the uh, the fourth down play real quick. Well, the, the the play before that, we got Allen Robinson. He runs a he runs a route semi short of the sticks, but has an opportunity to turn it up and get there. He doesn't get there. He comes up short. Now, it wasn't Eli. It wasn't a dive up the middle. It was like a trap 
Yeah. It was like a fullback reverse out trap with like a pulling guard. And, and we Jermaine, don't, Jermaine Effetti blocked air. Exactly. Like, and Well, we just don't. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't a toss to Cordell Patterson, but like. Right. Was, but listen, we, we don't, like I just said, five of six starts for Nick Foles. We failed to rush for 65 yards. So we can't have any tricks. If we're going to turn around and run a dive, turn around and run a dive and try to make it happen. So, yeah, man, it, it, w- once we came out and got a couple decent plays, that opening that opening pass to Jimmy Graham, and then to, to, for it to stall like that on a reverse, it's just a bad play call. Yeah. Simple as that. It's so, uh, like we talked about last week, knowing your personnel, what they do well, what they don't do well. They don't run block right up the middle very well. The guards are trash. Like, figure something else out. Like, yeah. that's as simple as that. Exactly. Big Nick the Quick, he uh, – <laughs> before before I, I, I get into a couple things you sent me during the game, uh, give me your thoughts now. Bears have lost three straight. We 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 knew we were on our way here, but now we're here. How you feeling? Yeah, I mean, so we got to be honest at this point in time. We're past the point of breaking down this team on a week-to-week basis. There's no point in pulling out plays from yesterday and saying we should have done this or why was this play call happening or how can we improve in this spot? There is zero improvement to be made with this team that is going to happen this year, right? I think Eli brought up a good point when you talk about the injuries and it's not going to be an excuse for this coaching staff or this GM at all, but you know, with the injuries and where we are now with the offensive line, they can't do anything. The Titans were living in the backfield yesterday. It's a run play. They're blowing it up. They're in Foles' ass, um, whatever. Can't get anything done on offense. It's the same story every single week. We're in the middle of this three-game losing streak. I don't see a situation in which we can win a ball game like this at all for the rest of the year, to be completely honest with you. I don't care who we play. If you play that kind of football on offense, you're not going to win any ball games. So I'm, I'm kind of over really talking about what happened yesterday with them because it's just going to be the same thing every single week. It's the same thing we've been talking about. It's getting progressively worse. Since he's put in Nick Foles, this offense has gotten worse. And it gets worse every single week under this quarterback, under this coach, under this regime, however you want to look at it. Since that decision has been made, the offense has gotten worse. And it's compounded by the fact that you look around the league yesterday and there was offensive explosions everywhere. The Buffalo Bills are scoring 44 points. Raheem Morris and the Atlanta Falcons are scoring 34 points. The Dolphins are scoring 34 points. You had a shootout in Arizona with two young quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Even the the Cowboys scored 19 points, and they couldn't score a touchdown for a month. So, you know, um, the situation is bleak. Offensively, this is one of the worst Bears offense I've ever seen because at least in some of the ones that we used to, you know, see that couldn't score, at least they could run the fucking football. We can't even do that. His team is straight three and out, leads the league in penalties. I don't even know where to start. You know, every, it's all bad. There's no real point in sitting here and picking out plays from yesterday because it's honestly not going to make a difference. There's nothing that they can do to fix this season, which is crazy when you're talking about a ball club that's still five and four. But it's about to get worse. You said it's hopeless. It's hopeless. I don't see any situation in which they turn this around, man, because the offense is that bad, and now you don't even have a line to block for them. So now anything you want to try to do, now Nagy can't actually do anything because you have an offensive line that is incapable. 
Rashawn, Rashad, I forget whatever his first name is, Coward, should not be in the National Football League. I said it last week about this guy, Spriggs. I'm saying it this week about this guy, Coward. This guy should not be in the <laughs> National Football League. He has zero place in the National Football League. You cannot convince me that you cannot find a better guard on this planet anywhere than that guy. You can't tell me that. I, I'm not convinced that there's not a better guard somewhere roaming the streets of the earth that can play better than Rashad Coward. You, you can't. Last week, he misses on the twist. This week, he just gets his ass handed to him. And this is a Titans defense that's trash. We couldn't score against a trash defense. We couldn't stop a trash defense. I'm going to go ahead and say that Ryan Tannehill was one of the five worst players on the field yesterday. <laughs> he wasn't he was. good. He yeah, was he awful. Was he bad. was terrible. Terrible. He you made one never, play. You should never. At one yeah. point, he was five for 16. You should never get beat by a quarterback like that. They were containing Derrick Henry, but Sean, I told you, once it hits the fourth quarter, yeah, he's going to break off a 26-yard run. But you were containing him. The defense came to play. Now, there were some tackling errors by the safeties that we talked about. Buster screen is atrocious. We know this. But still, that was an okay effort by the defense. That was a game you should have won. And it was also a game that you should have lost 41-3. to Had you played a team that could score, because I will say it again, Ryan Tannehill was a top-five worst player on the field yesterday. And you still allowed him to get the W. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tannehill made one play. One play. One entire game. He made one play the entire game. And it's funny because we talked we talked about this too. After he made that one play, it the game was wrapped and it was a 10-point game. One play. It it was a 10-point game, and it was like, this is over with. Like, I don't how are we gonna do anything here? Took us 55 minutes to score a touchdown, guys. 55 minutes to score. We didn't score any points until the end of the third quarter. And we should have got a touchdown, but we settled for a field goal. What was that about, by the way, just to get some points on the board? I guess. Clearly. Yeah. Santos is the most reliable guy on the team at this point. Yeah, Santos. Him and O'Donnell. Yeah. Yeah, Pat is good. Pay Pat, pay Santos, and pay uh, A-Rob, man. And pay Mingo. Seriously, put Mingo back <laughs> in the backfield. I mean, I, I, that was that was atrocious. Against, I cannot start that. That team was not good yesterday. The Titans were not good yesterday. They well, wanted we, to lose that ball game. Can we talk again about the coaching? Whatever the hell that was, that they get a fake punt and then they have to burn a timeout because they're not prepared to convert the fourth down fake. Like, what is going? Like, they did that against the Panthers a couple weeks ago. Like the delay of game, following the timeout, following like the big play, like. You clearly have no faith in your your team when you're faking a punt, but then you don't even have faith that the fake punt's going to work because you don't have a play ready for when he gets it. So like, Nagy just shoots himself in the foot time and time again with that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, did they get back to back false starts on the fourth down too? It was fourth and yes. one. We got we yeah. got it was fourth and one. We got back to back. Was it one of them, Rashawn Coward? Yes, yeah, it was. So. Yeah, should not be allowed at Hallis Hall. Listen. Do not allow him in Lake Forest. Don't let him get off the exit. Social distancing. Cut him it's off. Yeah. yeah, we're good. Thank you. Here's the rest of your money. Thank you. We'll find another defensive lineman to turn into a guard. If if you go three, I, I don't think I've ever seen a team go three and out, run a fake punt, convert it, and then go three and out again. <laughs> like, th- that's all. They almost- still didn't even get to midfield. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that, You usually you can get some momentum rolling to get the guys hyped up. At least, I've never seen a three and out, fake punt conversion, three and out, and then, like you said, Eli, not get back to midfield. That is, like, ineptitude to, to, the, to the top, like the elite aptitude. 
You ever seen yeah, the team get a ball back at the 50 with the, what, like a minute left before half and pre- with no timeouts and proceed to throw the ball up the middle three times? Mm. Yeah. You ever seen that? Because no. you, you want, one thing you want to do is stop the clock. So it, you, luckily you didn't convert any of these, but you punted anyways, but you literally threw the ball up the middle three times. The defense, I, I th- that's actually a great point. And I was going to, and, and there was so much bad yesterday. I wasn't even going to pass over that. The defense literally before half hands us three points. Stuff up the middle. They, they, they stuff Tennessee all over the place on the one yard line. Then whoever the Tennessee punter hits a bomb. Yeah, that guy was. Yeah, that hits, hits a bomb. We make a good play. Who's the, who's our new, I can't, I, I blank on his name. Harris. Uh, Harris makes a great play on the punt return. Ball bounces up in the air. He one hand brings it down. And instead of us getting the ball on the 35, where we're absolutely hopeless, he scoops, picks up 15, gets out of bounds. We're at, we're at midfield, essentially. All we need is 15 yards, man. The D did ex- everything they needed to do on their end. We get the, the guy has a 75 yard punt that we scoop up and, and get back to midfield. And like Nick said, we dump it over the middle, I think, three times and have no t- and, and just have nowhere to go with it, no options. And then with we no just timeouts. The with no timeouts. It's just like, what what is happening? And, and two penalties by the offensive line right there, too. Yeah. So look, man, I think, uh, and I think like Nick said, it's a good point not to. If you if we're gonna break it down week by week and and play by play, I think it's gonna be a lot of the same stuff. But Eli, so I'll start the with worst you. Version of it every week. Yeah, it gets. It, this is extra alarming because of how bad Tennessee is on defense. But we weren't playing the Ravens or we weren't playing the Steelers. Like these dudes looked. We made these dudes look like they were the Steelers. Third and hey, if it's third and five. I I'm look I'm, this is it's a punt like that's how crazy our defense or our offense is right now. There, it's I, third and two, it's a punt. What do you mean? We yeah, can't yeah, pick but, up any yardage. <laughs> we can't pick up fourth and ones. We we we, we can't. We, we there's no. It's it's bleak. Yeah, I think you said it. We're the worst offense in the league. We'll see what the Jets put up tonight. I Yo, guarantee you the Jets have a better offensive performance than the Bears tonight. I'm going to tell you this right now. This is the worst offensive team in the league. Bottom of the barrel, last. And I, the Jets included, turn on the Jets tonight, and they'll be bad. They won't look as bad as we did yesterday and have looked the last couple weeks. And, and, and if you really want to know, they've progressively got a little bit of better, a little bit better each and each week. They held Buffalo to under 20 points a couple weeks back. Watch the Jets tonight. They'll look better than we did on offense. Like you said, Nick, it's a, it's a big picture thing. Eli... Is does the blame okay? Because look, let's hey, and I'll, I'll play a little devil's advocate, but I'm also keeping it 100. We don't have an offensive line. We have tons of injuries there, right? It's it's hard to do anything on offense when you don't have an offensive line. Matt Nagy doesn't have a ton of players at his disposal. That doesn't that doesn't change. And listen, I want to be clear here. He doesn't have a lot of weapons, and his O-line is destroyed. That doesn't change the decision-making, how bad it's been, and how undisciplined the team is on offense. Like, those are the, all that stuff lands on lands on Matt Nagy, right? I yeah. think what – Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was ahead. just going to say, when we say that, let's not sit here and act like the Bears are are coming out here with just the worst offensive talent in the league. Like I told you this yesterday, I feel like over the last two years, 
um, especially the year that we that you know we we went to the playoffs. There was good offensive talent. They signed Taylor Gabriel. They signed Allen Robinson. Right. They've brought in some guys offensively. We have had teams where you look at the offensive roster and you're like, yo, this is absolutely brutal. So let's not sit here and act like we have had an offense that doesn't have a number one receiver, right? Like let's not let's not sit around and, and act like that th- this is a team completely void of talent. And Ryan Pace was just like, here, go out here with a bunch of nobodies and try to make it happen. There are less talented offensive rosters in the league who are scoring points. So we got we have to give Nagy. Who are they his, though? Who who are you talking about? I don't know. I would have to go through the rosters in the NFL, but you think but, the Bears I mean, have the the worst offensive roster in, in the terms NFL? Of skill position talent, no. Like the Bears have some dudes that can yeah. play the ball, but they have no quarterback and they have no offensive line. The like, Denver Broncos. Name me someone who catches pass on the Denver Broncos. Uh, they put up twenty seven points yeah, yesterday. Jerry, Jerry Judy. That's one. Okay, great. That's one. He's okay. a what? He's an animal. Okay, great. To, the, the, I mean, whatever. I, okay, listen. I understand what you're saying, and I, the, I didn't the mean Giants. To, I, the Giants put up twenty three yesterday and won a ball game. Yeah, no, and that's fair because they have nobody on them. So the Buffalo I, Bills put up forty four points yesterday. Buffalo Bills, one of the best teams in the league. They put up forty four points yesterday. <laughs> The Dolphins were actively hey. trading. The Dolphins put up 34 points yesterday. No. I, I get these play, these listen. teams have quarterbacks, but let's not act like you look at that. We Again, we have had years where you look at the roster and you say, wow, there's absolutely nobody who is capable right. of making a play. Right. We have guys that if you can get them the ball, if you can do the right things for them, they can make plays. Allen Robinson is a top 15 receiver. That's not always no been the case in Chicago. So I, I no get question. where you're going in the offensive line for sure, but he started off with a healthy offensive line. It might not have been great, but it's not like before these injuries happened, the offense was humming on the line. It's not like <laughs> it looked great. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're like, it, it, there, isn't, there isn't some big break between the injuries and the non-injuries. It's been shit all year, and it's gotten worse since he put in fucking polls. Let's keep it real. Yeah, no, that's what I I'm mean. I'm not making no excuses for this man. Neither of them. Not yeah. Pace either, but neither of them. I And I agree, and that's where I was getting at. It's he... He's not loaded with talent, but what he's producing with what he has is not up to snuff. We'll put it like that. Yeah. So, Eli, what if, if you had to put – where does the blame land? Is it 50-50 pace Nagy? Is it more pace than Nagy? What, what is it? I mean, I don't see how you can really separate the two. I, I think a lot of it – I would put the onus on pace for building this roster, for ignoring basically the offensive line last year and assuming that a changing position coach would fix how Bobby Massey and Charles Leno protect at tackle. And like we've talked about the guards and interior linemen, they had no depth behind Daniels and Whitehair. Like that's inexcusable. Not having a backup running back. I know Tariq Cohen got hurt, but he wasn't even like your prototypical running back to have the kickoff return specialist be the number two running back made no sense to give all the money to Jimmy Graham, followed by using a second-round pick on Cole Komet for an offense that seemingly doesn't want to use the tight ends in the red zone. Like, what was that? There's there's just no collaboration between the GM and the coach. And so I, I put the, the onus on the GM for that. But Nagy, they, to, to, what, to what Nick said, there are dudes on this team. Like, there are receivers. There are running backs. Montgomery was a second-round pick. Miller was a third-round pick. Like, they have players – and the offense still looks like shit every week. And that's on Nagy for sure. Yeah, I think it's the discipline thing too. The 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 penalties and then the timely yeah. spots that these penalties are happening. It's it's mind boggling. And on the third quarter thing. The third quarter thing is 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 glaring on Nagy. You cannot consistently you've scored seven points in the third quarter in nine football games. 
And the first quarter is pretty bad too. Like right yeah. when they come, they come out of the locker room and they're ass. Like that's they get garbage a- fourth quarter right. points in a lot of games. Sometimes yeah. and and in the beginning of the season, some of those games mattered and those fourth quarter points mattered. But he should not get credit for seventeen points scored this week. No. This was a three point performance. So yeah, yeah again, yeah. yeah. So like I, I get what you're saying as far as like there not being a lot of offensive talent, but it's not a three point offense. We're not looking at a three point offense here. There is more than three points in that offense against a very bad Tennessee Titans defense. There just and, is. And the reason Nagy was so popular at the beginning was his creativity, his his ability to use different guys, the whole Santa Slay play on the, the goal line. Like he was creative. Now we have none of that. Like, and I get that you don't run trick plays when you can't even run like a basic dive play, but they they got to get these players involved and utilize their skill set. I mean, we saw at the end of the game, I know that the Titans were in prevent, but Ryan Nall did some things. Where was he in the first three quarters if he could make plays like that? Like, I, it just makes no sense why certain guys don't get opportunities or certain guys are not put in position to succeed when the offense needs any sort of spark. It just doesn't add up to me. Well, yeah. And also, why are you, you know, the first few plays of the games, the little short pass, yeah, it's not, there's nothing attractive about that. It's, it, it's borderline effective, but it was working. Yeah. So just stick with it. Why do you why are you going away from it? If that's what you want to do, if you want to do those quick short passes and just try your luck at that because you literally cannot run the football, fine. Just go for it. And it would set up the deep shot that which is a, in theory Foles' strength, which is his deep passing, which we haven't really seen his being his strength, but that's what they're supposed to be doing, but they just go away from that. It it there's no cohesion from the first quarter to the second quarter to the third quarter to the fourth quarter. Oh, there's no there's no cohesion because there's no flow and we never get anything going. It's impossible right. to have cohesion if you you're going three and out literally all all day long. So, and you I think to- a, real quick, Nick, before because I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it to you in a second. Eli, you made a good point about how we have no Tariq goes down. We have no backup running back, and our, I guess our plan was to just play Cordell Patterson at, at running back. Well, <laughs> we did have Mike Davis as a backup running back, and yeah. we. I, I'm not exactly sure what happened. I guess we saw him in practice and we didn't like him and he went to Carolina and he held it down for Christian McCaffrey, who was out. But that was a mistake. There's just a lot of They signed Lamar Miller and he can't get off the practice squad. So either something's wrong with Lamar Miller or they I don't think, we signed Lamar Miller. They don't or they don't think that we need a backup running back, which is telling because Montgomery hasn't really done much these last two months. Or they know it doesn't matter who you could put fucking Walter Payton, Walter, Walter, Payton, Walter Payton mixed with Gail Sayers, the touch of Barry Sanders back there. They're not going to be able to get away from that offensive line. It might not matter, fellas. Like, it, it doesn't matter. That's what, that's, that's why you need to fair. go ahead. And what are the Bears? Are we going to buy this week? No, Vikings. Yes, when, do we get a, when do we fucking we, get a buy? This is incredible, my, too. They give us 11 Monday straight night. weeks of Bears football. This is just painful. Give us a bye week. Bring back Mitch Trubisky. I never thought I'd say it, but this is where I'm at right at this point. Watching that game yesterday, fully believe the offense is way worse with Nick Foles. The inability to escape is glaring because there's plenty of opportunities for it. And as much as we don't like Mitch, I mean, in the, the missing of the big plays and everything like that, man, at least there were times when he could move the football. I cannot believe I'm saying that, but I, I we desperately need to bring Mitch Trubisky back into the ballgame. Wow. He he might be able to make more things happen. I I mean, there's, there's no I, point I in riding it out with Foles. What are you trying to see? I mean, you might as well see what's whatever's left in Mitch. I mean, at least Mitch would hopefully cover up some of the offensive line problems because of his mobility. Like at least he's not just going to stand back there. Yeah, yeah. Foles just stands back there and waits for he just you just watch it happen with Foles. 
It's like yeah. you watch the guys get back there. You're like, yeah, this is, this, what's this not, is, it's not going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is true. It's yeah. like it's like happening in slow motion too. No, but like, where, where, Sean, where are you? Like, bring, are you with bringing Mitch back? Uh, or like, I, if you were making that decision, you're nagging this week. Put put away your pride. If you're just making a strictly football decision, are you bringing Mitch Trubisky back? To be honest, until you just said that, I hadn't thought about it since the game ended and this mo- last night when I was getting ready, and then this morning, I hadn't thought about Trubisky back because I think for me. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, they're both bad. The offense is bad. Nagy. Look, okay, how about this? We've seen what Nagy does with Trubisky. It's really bad. We see what Nagy does with Foles. It's really, really bad. So, like. I'd rather have really bad than really, really bad. Yeah, you'd rather have really bad than really, really bad. But, yeah, I don't know, man. We got a lot of things to figure out. If I mean, if they put Trubisky back in the game, would I be upset? No, how could I be, right? No, it's like I, I, it's bring let, it on. Yeah, let's go. Let's we go might be able to get a first down. We're not even talking about points. Let's get a first down. Yeah, that's the bar is very, very low right now. So, I mean, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't be mad at that whatsoever. Big Nick. So, our, our no catch-up fam, Big Nick sent me a text yesterday, and he goes, Matt Nagy is Adam Gase but with a little personality <laughs> is that you, you I need you to explain that big quick well it's the same exact thing man a lot of offensive hype a lot of hoopla offensive minded head coach that doesn't just have a bad offense you have an offense you saw that I forget what the stats were but they show those little boxes and the offensive ranks and it one was 29 30 31 right same thing a few weeks ago when we broke down adding bases offensive ranks same exact things right Deep deep twenties or low thirties. <laughs> That's it. There's nothing higher than that. And it's the same as I think with Matt Nagy. So I think Nagy's not an asshole, right? He comes out and he's friendly to the friendly to the media in the sense that he gives you answers and everything like that. You watch a gay's press conference, he's completely disinterested in any human interaction whatsoever and truly doesn't <laughs> give a shit. Um, he's like that with his players too. Yeah, yeah. That's, he just he doesn't has even no talk to his players. Yeah. Inability to connect with anybody. So yeah. that's not the case with Nagy, right? I do believe that Nagy's a rah-rah guy. I do believe there's probably a segment of the locker room who does like him. There's probably a lot of guys who think he's corny as fuck. I think, was it Laura? Uh, I don't know. I can't ever get her name right. Is it Laura Oman? Oakman? She said yesterday that uh, Nagy said something about the defense needs to play to make their moms proud, which is one yeah. of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my entire life on a broadcast. But we're getting used to that. With the, they should just no longer talk to insiders because every week we get something crazy from it. Whether it's uh, Jose Keem Hicks drank ninety beers. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yeah. We don't even, even ask them about football anymore. Look, look, <laughs> we've had multiple insiders yeah. asked about that. Tony Miller was voted most likely to be late for practice. <laughs> then we got Akeem Hicks on wing night drank ninety beers and then confirmed it and said, "Yeah, I, I, I definitely did that." And yeah, no, Maggie says play hard for your mom. Play hard so, for your mom. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there's there's probably a, he he motivates his team, and I'm sure he communicates with the team, and probably tries to have relationships inside the building, unlike Adam Gase. But you pull all that away when it comes to the football. What's the difference? I mean, honestly, at this point in the year, what is the difference other than the fact that we've won five ball games, which is miraculous? But it, that that's on the strength of our defense. So the, the, he's Adam Gase with personality. Let no results. Ask, let me ask you this. Eli, one of our homies, shout out Big Edder. Oh, he just had a he just had a girl dad daughter. Shout out to Ben Edder. Just had a daughter over the weekend. Um, but he said this. Me and Nick, this is so we were right at the turning point when we had flipped from Trubisky to Foles. And 
he was like, man, just leave Trubisky in because even if Foles comes in and is better, it just slots <laughs> us in the middle of the pack and we're dead, right? Like we're seven and nine and we're picking 15th or 13th or whatever it is and we're dead. We can't get anybody that we really, really need. So what what would it what what's the play i guess is my is my question for you eli like this is where we're at right we're we're probably going to win seven games maybe maybe like maybe seven games we already have five we maybe we might win 10 more games or two more games excuse me yeah <laughs> we may win count, like, I don't, I don't know yeah that. yeah yeah so what do we do do we just because I, my, our guys Edder's argument was we just need to we need to shut we need to rebuild this whole thing from the ground up. We need to go get a guy like Trevor Lawrence type or you know what I mean to Justin Fields type to go get a top 3 quarterback coming out of college. And my my argument was the reason we need to go to Folds is cuz it's not ideal that these are our quarterbacks, but we need to try to capitalize on what this defense has left. It kind of seems like the D window is going to close before we figure out the quarterback situation and i saw some chatter on twitter this one guy had a long ass thread about how we need to do a complete rebuild we need to get rid of fuller we need to get rid of all our pieces everywhere bottom of the barrel and then build it back up where do you where do we go from here nick and then i'll come to you eli yeah i would 100 percent look to like move a khalil mack in the offseason for sure <clears throat> anybody who's getting close to that to, to, to that age and a little bit older, I, I'd be hesitant on pulling a deal on Fuller because if I, correct me if I'm wrong, they got Fuller on a good contract, yeah, um, for a top flight corner, right? And he's still young, and I think that you know if you're looking at a rebuild in the NFL, you can do it in two years. I mean, so if that's the case, you land on a quarterback, you still want to have Kyle Fuller in place. I think with a guy like Mac, he's just going to keep getting older, and he probably does have some value for another team. So I think you look to move on from him. Maybe Akeem Hicks look to move on from him. Um, you have some pieces that other teams might want. So if you can get some of that draft capital back that you've traded away, go for it. But I'd be hesitant on like a fuller on an Eddie Jackson. I wouldn't completely, completely strip down the defense. But any older player who realistically is going to be two years older by the time you hope to be competitive, definitely. Right. But the, the you cannot you can't bring this same team in offensively. You can't you ha, you need to have right. a major change on the offensive side of the ball, whether it be quarterback, whether it be coach. Like, I think if they do win seven games, it's going to be hard for Nagy to survive that um, just because of the, the implosion, you know what I mean, going two and eight down the stretch or whatever. So I think at that point in time, you're looking at a change. But, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree that you should probably look to start moving off some of these pieces if they have value. Not the young ones, but definitely some of your veterans. I mean, at the time that they made the quarterback change, <clears throat> the reason they did that because they thought they were they were playoff bound. Like, right. they, they signed – Quinn to big money. They signed Jimmy Graham to big money. Those are veteran players that you're not signing those guys for a rebuilding project. You signing those guys because you think you have a chance at the playoffs. And when you're three and one and you go to the veteran quarterback who's a former Super Bowl MVP, they clearly thought, okay, this is what's going to put the offense over the top. Clearly the opposite has happened and the offense has somehow gotten worse under Foles. Uh, moving forward to, to Nick's point though, they just got finished paying off the, the Mac trade. They The Raiders cashed in the last of those picks last year. So now the Bears finally have their own picks plus Khalil Mack. That would be hard to then turn around and trade him. Like you're just finally reaching the point where you can build around him. Yeah.
just paid the car off and now you now right. you're about to give it up, right? What, so you, what, they what need you, to Yeah, they need to I definitely agree that they can't afford the gasoline. They can't afford to come back next year. <laughs> <laughs> they can't afford to come back next year with the same offense, hoping to figure out and hoping to win games 17 to 14. Cause that's just not how the NFL's played anymore. Like the bears are still hoping to win the way that they did in 1985. And that's just the, that era has clearly come and gone. They need to be in modern football. They need to find a quarterback that can do that. And none of those guys are on the roster right now. So they need to do an offensive overhaul. I just would be reluctant to, to deal off guys like Mac who are elite level players and you're going to get 80 cents on the dollar or something for something like that. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? No, I, I hear where you're coming from. I, the only reason I pointed to like Mac and Hicks is just their age. Definitely. Like if you feel like you can turn this around in one to two years, like you can do a Miami Dolphins thing and just have a great offseason and start hitting from there, then yeah, you do. But I don't want to look back and we're still searching for a quarterback two or three years from now and Khalil Mack's just on the roster dying. Right. You know what I mean? And we could have got something for him. So I don't I don't want to get rid of Khalil Mack. He's the best player we've had on the Bears in years. Right? But um it's, it's a, almost it's, like, what do you, what do you, well, it's a you, tough you, decision. Yeah. It's what yeah, do you do? What do you do? Like at this point, what do you do? Like you, you cannot score points. You can't produce points. You can't figure out a way to put six on the scoreboard. And until you can do that, you're not going to be able to win any ball games. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. And we're seeing that right now. I mean, I think we're seeing this defense still play well and they're being taxed every single week. Like, imagine if you gave them an easy game, some easy games, what this defense would look like. Imagine if you gave them a fucking break every once in a while. So, yeah, I, I get it. Um, and I'm not criticizing them for the decision to go to Foles because we both, we all sat here and said, like, it's a good deal. Like, we think this is a playoff team and Mitch just doesn't have it. And this guy Foles has obviously delivered in big spots before in his career, at least for one season. But it didn't work. It's not working. Scrap that plan. And see what you can get for guys. At least listen. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shut the door on even li- on listening to offers. Listen, see what you can get. I think this Robert Quinn deal is not getting anywhere near the the flack that it. Yeah, that was done nothing. Oh my god! They already had an, an A minus defense, and then they were their thought was like, oh, if we make it an A plus defense, that'll be the difference. But that money definitely could have been used elsewhere. Um, well, the, the other guys, like the younger guys, is good. The guy who got the sack yesterday, uh, Mario Edwards or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the dam is going to break on the defense, either Dalvin Cook next week or Aaron Rodgers in a couple weeks. Like yeah. They're, they're going to give up 31 points in one of these games, and it's it's just bound to happen, and the offense is going to have no way to keep up with that. Like the Bears, are, the Bears are in these games because the defense, and eventually the defense is going to have a bad day, and it's going to look or no, Or they're just going to quit. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, fuck this. Or they're just going to quit. Like, yo, man, I'm not – this is crazy. They literally go into the game every single week knowing they cannot give up more than 17 points. And I'll say this, Buster Screen can't cover anybody. We've said that. Nobody. But, like, the throw that Tannehill made and the catch that A.J. Brown made, like, that was the only play they gave up. And it was an amazing play. It was an amazing throw from Tannehill and an amazing catch from A.J. Brown. Like that's that was it. good coverage. It was good coverage. It was good coverage. And and I it was, it was an easy, easy target because like, oh, of course you scored on yeah. Buster. But like man, and AJ Brown is a beast. Like we you, Nick, you were talking about the safety tackling. Like I, I gave him a little more credit because like he's just an animal out there. Like 
arm tackles, nah, no. You you need to hit him with a couple people and both. That people was my point. Yeah, that was my point. I mean, the first, the Eddie Jackson one was egregious, but yeah. I, I don't have the heat for the D like that, man. You know where you know where I'm you know where I'm coming from with all this. It, it, I had to point out something I didn't like the arm. I don't like. I, I hate when DBs tackle like that. Like it's yeah. like a number one pet peeve. That's why I love Kyle Fuller. Like be, be like Kyle Fuller. Yeah, nobody's gonna pass Kyle Fuller. The Deion Sanders business decision. He's like, yeah. ah, well, Deion's different though, because the ball wasn't the ball wasn't right. the receiver, so it didn't matter. Throw yeah, Deion didn't have to tackle because like nobody. The ball wasn't over there ever. <laughs> the ball wasn't coming. <laughs> but yeah, I, so man, it's the situation. Well, here's the thing that I was also thinking about, and kind of relates to this question, dude. The situation for the Bears is super bleak because you don't have coach or quarterback. Right. You yeah. have you have so many question marks on this team for what you want to do going forward. There is no like, hey, if the Bears just do this and we need to do that. There are so many different things. There's so many questions with this team. There's so many questions with this roster. There's so many questions with the organization and which direction you're going to go over these next year, two couple years. So I, I think that that's the hopeless part. Like I, I, I couldn't sit like yesterday. My girl asked me, she's like, well, what would you do if you were the Bears? I'm like, I have no fucking idea get a quarterback with that, that you can't just go do that you know what i mean like it, it's you got to get hopeless. rid of pace pacers got to go nagy's got to go and then you go from there well you hear it on draft night all the time when they talk about like oh a mistake like that in the in the top of the draft can set your franchise back 10 years we're, well, we're, we're seeing that like look at the first round picks we talked about it a couple weeks ago kevin white didn't pan out and then leonard floyd didn't pan out so you had to pay robert quinn to replace leonard floyd and then, obviously, in 17, Trubisky's the big one. That didn't pan out. So now you're here in 2020, and you have no young talent to fill in the gaps. You have no young, affordable players that you can build around. And so, like you said, we're in this hopeless position where we have no young players, we have no coach, we have no GM that can build a team. And, yeah, it's a, it's a hopeless spot to be in. Five wins is nice, but they're not going to get many more of those with this team. Sure, five wins is going to become a hindrance if we, keep, if we win any more <laughs> ball games because we're going to lose draft position. Yeah, we're gonna miss out on a quarterback. Would you, you know be? I mean? Yeah, huh? no, I I agree. I agree. It's almost like the 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 wins that we we lucked up and got early in the year. We'd be in better spot if we didn't get those wins and just were one in one in eight. Yeah, we're not gonna seven. be worse than the Cowboys. We're not gonna be worse than the Jets. You know, what I mean, those guys are gonna get a quarterback. Cowboys might not get a quarterback. You never know with Jerry though. <laughs> So, yeah, we got a lot of question marks moving forward. And I, I'm really pissed off that we're on Monday night coming up. Terrible. Because it just it just amplifies everything times 10. And Lou Riddick's, like, Lou Riddick's like, I, I, I can't do this anymore. Lou Riddick loves the Bears. And he's like, I can't do another game of this. And who knows what Brian Greasy's going to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lou Riddick loves the Bears. He watches the Bears every single week. Yeah. He's him, and Nagy, him and Nagy are boys. Yeah, he's been trying to plug us for, for a while. It's hurting his heart. He maybe he can be. Maybe he can be the next GM. Yeah, for real. I give Lewis a shot. Hundred percent. Nah, I'm Lewis. I'm gonna go ahead and ride this Monday night thing <laughs> out, man. Fuck, fuck, fuck the GM situation. Yeah, it looks like such an attractive job, though. You know. But he's been in front offices. He was the director of player or player personnel for some team in the NFL. He's I been in front offices. It was Philly, giant. wasn't it? I thought it was, it was Philly. Philly. Yeah. One of the, yeah, yeah, Philly. That's where I think he worked with Nagy. Yes, yeah, I bet Monday night thing out, man. He can do that forever. 
Yeah, you really can if you're, if you're like Gruden could have done that to, for Tully yeah. wanted to. They, they literally had to give Gruden a hundred million dollars. Like fine, fine, fine. And <laughs> 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 offer him so much money he couldn't turn it and down. Then, but yeah, but then Jason right Witten, Jason Witten, they were like, we're good. Yeah, yeah. No, or, Bill Cowher is the perfect example. He's not, not a thought about coaching since he yeah. went to the uh, to the broadcast studio. He's like, well, I work one day a week, a couple million dollars a year. I don't, I don't, yeah. no, no, no pressure. Yeah, yeah, no pressure. This is right. easy. I got my ring. I'm good. No pressure is right. I will say this. I was really – I was puffing my chest out probably 10 days ago about how the Bears were going to get the Vikings at home on Monday night. We were going to maul the Vikings on D like we always do for the most part, especially in Chicago, and we were going to get a big win at home. Now, Dalvin Cook is going ballistic every week. He's unstoppable. And we have those guys coming in. They've won now two straight. They beat up on two divisional opponents. Nagy's never lost to the Vikings, though. He always seems to play well against them. Yeah. Yeah, this team isn't capable of playing well on offense. <laughs> Yo, th- but Kirk Cousins is capable of handing over some gifts. And not even I'm not even I'm not even uh, excited about the gift of Kirk Cousins this week. That's <laughs> how bleak the Bears situation is. Any other week, I'd be like, yes, Kirk Cousins. That's exactly what we need right now. Kirk Cousins on primetime. I'd, I'd, I'd take Kirk Cousins in a heartbeat. I think, <laughs> yeah, man, it is a really tough situation because we just, we're just about to, we're just hanging out in the middle. It's no man's land, yeah. It's, no man's it's land. like where the Bulls were the last few it's years. The Bulls. Yeah. It's the Bulls at 40 wins. It's the, it's the exact opposite. Or the exact same thing, but just a, just a different, it's a different sport. No, I think it's the Cubs. The, the Bears or the Cubs, if you really look at it, man, like 100 years of searching for a fucking quarterback, it's the same thing as 108 years of searching for a World Series. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're both really hard to get. It's, it's I mean, we <laughs> yo, literally, but, listen, we've been searching keep, for a quarterback our entire existence. I can't, yo, I talked about it last but, week. But look, I'll, I'll even say this, like, last week, the, the Bengals beat the Titans. The Bengals have a, another team with a really, really bad offensive line. Joe Burrow sat back there and was throwing it all over the place, and they got their second win of the year, I believe. We less, couldn't do. We less couldn't talent do than the Bears on offense. Yeah, that's a, that, that's actually maybe that's a good point right there. Like doing things, it's a good comparison. It's like they just played that same team last week, and he did all right. They won the game 400 yards. Yeah. And we couldn't do literally anything. And I, I keep saying it's so hard to find a quarterback. There's about 15 or 16 or 17, like good quarterbacks in the league. Like we could, you could always discuss elite versus middle of the pack, whatever. But who are the really, really teams with just like incapable of winning quarterback play? It's us. It's the jets. Like the Chargers and Bengals are losing games, but like, I, if you talk to their fan base, I, I'm, I'm they're sure fine. they're elated. They're optimistic. Fine. They're optimistic, fine. right? You're, if you're fine. If you're a Chargers fan, you're fine. It's like, man, there, there's a lot of dudes to go get. Man, go get. We should go get the coach. We should go get Riley from Oklahoma. But like, I would be fine. Like taking like a retread that didn't like Dwayne Haskins didn't work out in Washington. Give him a try here. Like Sam Darnold, Baker Nick Mayfield. Nick's not into that type of shit. The Dwayne Haskins situation is very like <laughs> to me, like and like Eli, like for me, I love the black quarterback, man. Like black quarterback is already far ahead in my book, but I want no part of Dwayne Haskins. The way that 
Rivera didn't just bench him. He fucking benched him and put him third and string. Like shunned him. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that there's probably some shit going on. Like, yeah, I think that Haskins. But yeah. okay, like in general, well, the I top, see what you mean. The One top ten didn't make the it. Top ten talent that just didn't work out because some team's gonna get Mitch and he's gonna they're gonna be like, oh, that's how Mitch should be should have been used. And like maybe the Bears can be that landing spot for somebody else instead of jersey number eighty one and throw balls to him. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> no, I think I, I I get what you're saying. I I tweeted the other day about. Yeah, no, listen. Um, I know you guys in Philly talk a lot of shit about Wentz, and I I see what he's doing. He's trying to make every play on every down, and you just can't do that. He's got to pull it back. But I would take Wentz in Chicago. No, no question about it. They're not giving up Carson. But Wentz. I, no, but I, but that's what I'm. I, I think that's kind of like what was, Eli's saying. Jalen right? Hurts. Like, no, right, no, like, I don't want Jalen Hurts. He can't <laughs> stop it. I mean, we haven't seen it, but I lean that Jalen Hurts is not going to be a good NFL. He couldn't really throw it in the SEC. He's not going to come to the NFL and throw it. Like, Tua in the SEC was throwing it all over the place. Like, all these guys, Burrow, Burrow was throwing it like I've never seen before. So, like, yeah, he's going to be able to come into the league and make a few things happen. I don't know, man. We we need to – the point I made the other week is if you get – you need an offensive coach that can make it work in the NFL because you can't make the offensive guy the coordinator because then he go he leaves you to become a, a head coach somewhere else. You need a guy running an offense in a system for a very long period of time. You could bring people in. You could build the offense how you want to, and then that's how it can be successful. We got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. What's worse, being a – being a Bears fan right now or a Bulls fan? I guess, I guess oh, last Bears year, fan. B- before we got the new regime, like the yeah, God at, least packs, the, at least the yeah. Bulls cleaned house, yeah, yeah, Bears, the, the Bulls cleaned house, and yeah, it's optimistic. There's hope on the Bulls side. There, there was a road, there was a path to victory for the Bears, for the Bulls. I'm sorry, you could look at the Bulls, and be like, this is what needs to happen, and it started with firing your fucking coach <laughs> with a bonehead. But like I'm saying, with the Bears, there's so many different <laughs> things. There's right. so many different things when you look at like what it will actually take to turn this around. And I'm not saying it can't be done. It can obviously be done. And it starts with some luck in the draft and just getting a quarterback. But there's just so many different questions because I think as a franchise, you just said we're in the middle. And it's hard when you're in the middle to say, all right, we're going to go to the bottom because you still feel like you're closer to the top than you are the bottom. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's going to be a problem for the Bears. We'll and Ryan Pace isn't gonna Ryan Pace isn't gonna willingly strip everything down. So I mean, yeah, obviously you got to move on from him, but he's got to go. I think I think we've seen what we need to see. I think it's just time it's time to switch it up. I don't know. I guess we'll just ride out the rest of the season and <laughs> yo. <laughs> before we get out of here, Nick called me yesterday. And he goes, "What what are we doing here? Like, why why are we even watching this? Like, what what?" Like, What's the point here? What are we doing? Why did they give us Dick Stockton? That's what I want to know. Because they had to give us somebody, and they're like, yeah. look, he's already half dead, and this game will last. Did you guys hear when he was like, he asked Greg Jennings if he had memories of watching Earl Campbell grow up, and oh. Greg Jennings was like, dude, I was born in 1983. Like, I have, <laughs> what are you talking about? Or, or when he asked them about, he's like, so Greg, share me your thoughts on inconsistent quarterback play. It's like you mean Greg Jennings, who played his entire career with Brett Favre and fucking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. Like, know he doesn't. He's like, hey, I don't know. And Greg Jennings is like, you know, when you would used to struggle on offense, it's like with who? Yeah. <laughs> well, that <laughs> first that first drive when 
Allen Robinson doesn't reach out and they never show a replay. And Dick Stockton's like, they moved the chains. And it's like, clearly they didn't move the chains. It's like, what are you watching, man? Like, there has to be some young journalism student at like DePaul or something that can call games better than Dick Stockton. It just, there has to be. Dick, Dick should just go retire and hang out, man. Yeah, so. He's getting that money, man. He's getting that bread. <laughs> Dick's like, yeah, I'll be back if you'll have me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's the week. That's the Chicago Bears week nine recap. For Big Nick the Quick, Eli Cabron. I am your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. Bears at home Monday night against the Vikings. Should be interesting. Make sure you subscribe. Tell the homies, lock in. No catch on Sports Talk Bay Chicago. We out of here.